Holy Father in heaven, thank you for giving us the opportunity and the grace and privilege to be among the living today. May our lives, O Lord, be a sweet-smelling savour of sacrifice unto you. We pray that every word, every thought and deed shall be in harmony with your will, that our lives shall be a praise and glory to your name. In time past, we have caused sorrow to heaven through our sins. We cannot be thanking you for life only for us to use that same life to do evil to you. Therefore, we ask for your grace because on our own we can do nothing. Please, Lord, grant us of your spirit. Help us, Lord, that through these words we'll be hearing, we shall abide in you. And as we abide in you, that we may fulfill your will on this earth and in our lives. As for me, Lord, I place myself in your care and in your hands. Of my own, I cannot say anything that will help anyone. Therefore, Lord, for the sake of your Son that died on the cross of Calvary, please put your words in my mouth that the purpose for which Christ died may be fulfilled with these words, that our lives may be transformed and conformed to the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May your name be praised. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, March 25 Free at last. And he brought forth his people with joy, and his chosen with gladness. Psalm chapter 105 verse 43 With sandaled feet and staff in hand, the people of Israel had stood hushed, awed yet expectant, awaiting the royal mandate that should bid them go forth. Before the morning broke, they were on their way, that day completed the history revealed to Abraham in prophetic vision centuries before. Thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. Genesis chapter 15 verse 13 and 14 in bringing forth Israel from Egypt, the Lord again manifested his power and his mercy, his wonderful works in their deliverance from bondage, and his dealings with them in their travels through the wilderness were not for their benefit alone. These were to be as an object lesson to the surrounding nations. The Lord revealed himself as a God above all human authority and greatness. The signs and wonders he wrought in behalf of his people showed his power over nature and over the greatest of those who worshipped nature. God went through the proud land of Egypt as he will go through the earth in the last days with fire and tempest, earthquake and death. The great I Am redeemed his people. He took them out of the land of bondage. He led them through the great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 15 He brought them forth water out of the rock of flint and fed them with the corn of heaven. Psalm 78 verse 24 For, said Moses, the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. 
he kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stareth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead them, and there was no strange God with them. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 9 to 12. Thus he brought them unto himself, that they might dwell as under the shadow of the Most High. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Free at Last. Our key text is taken from the book of Psalm chapter 105 verse 43 which says, And he brought forth his people with joy, and his chosen with gladness. As we have been looking at the working of God in his people, let us remember that what we are studying here all comes from that promise that God gave to humanity, which the devil heard when the Lord said to him that he was going to put enmity between man and the serpent and that the woman will bring forth a seed and that seed will bruise the head of the serpent satan knew what this meant and he knew that through the children of israel the lord was going to bring a seed that seed is christ and through christ he was going to the, the life of the devil was going to be brought to an end his reign was going to be brought to an end in this world and in the life of men and these are the people the israelites that was going to be used to do this. Now, the Lord wants to use Israel as an object lesson of how he's going to deliver man from sin. This deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt represents the same process that we are going to pass through in order for us to be delivered from sin. Yesterday, we left off looking at the encounter between God and Pharaoh, how Pharaoh was hardening his heart. The Lord had sent plague after plague after plague and Pharaoh was still obstinate and rebellious and he would not listen. Now, nine plagues had been sent, the ninth one being the darkness that covered Egypt and it was really sore on them. They were, they were pained because of it and these were selective plagues they were not affecting the israelites it was just affecting the egyptians and it had really crumbled the egyptian economy the stubbornness of pharaoh was what was causing it now the lord was about to do something else that will finally bring about the deliverance of his children from egypt which is supposed to represent the world of sin we need to understand this very well but let me just go through the story and then later we will see the object lesson on how this applies to us. In Exodus chapter 11, reading from verse 3 and downward, it says, And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maid servant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. And there shall be a great cry 
throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue, against man or beast, that you may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these thy servants shall come down unto me, and bow down themselves unto me, saying, Get thee out, and all the people that follow thee, and after that I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in great in a great anger. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh. And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. Here was really a stubborn man. Now he's being threatened. He knows the Lord. He was the one that entreated the Lord, told Moses to entreat the Lord for his sake. Please take away the frogs. And for every plague that came, he will call Moses, entreat the Lord for me, entreat the Lord for me. He was not an, this was not an ignorant person. He had seen the power of God. Now he's being told the firstborn of all Egyptians are going to die. Clearly, he knows it's going to happen. But because of long established habits in rebellion, he was not moved. His own son, his firstborn was going to die. He had seen all the cattle die. Some of them through the gnat or through the lice. He had seen the water turn to blood and the frogs. He had seen the hailstones that fell from heaven. He had seen the diseases that smote the Egyptians and the boils all over their bodies. And all of these things only went away when, fear, when Moses prayed, then they would go away. He had seen the darkness and the lice that covered Egypt. So there, he had enough evidence to know that this next threat that God was giving him was certainly going to take place. He knew it was going to take place. But the only thing that stopped Pharaoh from listening, do you know what it was? I know we may be wondering, even myself, I'm wondering, certainly he's supposed to listen. But do you know what it was? He had a habit of stubbornness. Therefore, it was not easy for him to listen. He had established a habit of not listening and his heart was hardened. Therefore, he didn't listen. And the Lord was going to protect the Israelites alone. It was not going to affect them, but the Israelites had something to do. Exodus chapter 12, reading from verse 12 to verse 14 says, God speaking to Moses said, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. God told Moses to tell the children of Israel to take a lamb the first of the first year. And this lamb was supposed to be taken on the tenth day of that first month. And then on the fourteenth day of that first month, they were supposed to slay that lamb. And the blood of the lamb, they were supposed to do something with it. They were supposed to strike it upon the doorpost, not on the, not on the threshold now on the floor because you cannot trample on the blood, but on the two sides of the door and on the top side of the door. They were supposed to put that blood of the lamb because God was going to do something. God said that his angel was going to pass through Egypt and smite any house, the firstborn in, in the house of anyone who doesn't have that blood on their doorpost. 
Exodus 12 verse 12 to 14 says, The Lord speaking said, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord, and the Lord shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be to you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by ordinance. Now the children of Israel heard this, knowing that they had a work to do, because in every other plague, they didn't really have anything to do. The Lord was just saying, I will smite Egypt or I will not smite the Israelites. But in this case, they all had something to do. They were supposed to take a lamb of the first year. And they did it. All of them took that lamb of the first year and they selected it on the tenth day of the month. And they were supposed to keep that lamb and wait till the fourteenth day. So that's like five days now from the tenth day when they select it. It stays with them on that tenth day, on the eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, and on the fourteenth day. That is five days. In the evening on that 14th day, just as they are about to enter the 15th, they are supposed to slay that lamb. And they are supposed to take the blood of that lamb and put it on the doorposts. And they are supposed to eat of that lamb with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. That's what they were supposed to do. Of course, the blood was supposed to be on the, on the, on the doorposts, not just that evening. They were supposed to slay it before the evening. But the eating of the unleavened bread and bitter herbs was supposed to be done in that evening and done in haste. Now the Israelites, having done what the Lord said them to do, that day came. Exodus 12 verse 29 And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants, and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night, and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. As we read in our devotion, With sandaled feet and staff in hand, the people of Israel had stood, hushed, awed, to see what was going on. Their own children were preserved and there was a wailing in the whole of Egypt. You can imagine that whole nation. This was no small city here. This was no small town. This was a big nation all over the nation. From even the people in the dungeon, their own children, where even though they were not there, their children, their firstborn died. Even cattle, the firstborn of every cattle, of every animal that belonged to the Egyptians, they died. You can imagine the wailing. So the children of Israel stood awed. Wow! Look at what is happening. And yet, expectant, awaiting the royal mandate that should bid them go forth. Before the morning broke, they were on their way. That day completed the history revealed to Abraham in prophetic vision centuries before, where the Lord promised them that they will be slaves. The Lord prophesied to them that they will be slaves 400 years. Finally, 
that day has been completed. You see, the Lord's promises know no haste, no delay. It was time for the prophecy to be fulfilled and nothing was going to stop it. The Lord said it was 400 years and so must it be. Pharaoh was trying to go against the hand of God, but he could not. And that is how we should apply this lesson to ourselves. Today, the Lord has a promise for us and it will be fulfilled just as the Lord said. Now that we have gone through this story, how does it apply to us? The Lord is trying to teach us an object lesson from this. Like we read, it was supposed to be an object lesson to all the nations for them to know that there is a God, the God of Israel, who they will fear. But apart from that, the Lord was trying to teach the Israelites a lesson and also we who are living in this day, we have read over and over again that these things happen to them as an ensample. What is an ensample? That is an object lesson, a symbol, type and anti-type. The Israelites is a type of the people of God. Egypt is a type of the world and also of sin. The people of God, first of all, are slaves to sin and also they are in bondage in a wicked world. And the Lord wants to deliver his children, firstly, from sin and secondly, from an evil world that is oppressing them. And this lesson we look at in the story of the children of Israel and Egypt, we find that it is our own story. It is your story that you are reading. It is your own experience that you have just gone through as you have seen the story of the children of Israel being released from bondage. But let us look at the beautiful way in which the Bible puts it. In the book of Revelation chapter 11, reading from verse 8, it says, And their bodies, their dead bodies, shall lie in the streets of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where our Lord was crucified. So what we pick from here is that the Bible in Revelation 11 verse 8 says, Egypt is where our Lord was crucified. Hmm. Our Lord was crucified in Egypt. How was our Lord crucified in Egypt? So wherever it is, God's Jesus says that he is crucified or persecuted, then that is Egypt. In the book of John 15, reading from verse 18, hear the words of Jesus. He said, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hated you. Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. So Jesus is saying here that the world is what persecuted him and killed him and crucified him. Jesus did not say the Jews killed me or persecutes me. It is the world. So Egypt represents the world where our Lord was crucified. It is the world that actually persecuted Jesus. Jesus did not say, oh, the Jews are the ones that persecuted me. He said the world. Therefore, as we look at this Egypt, it represents the world. The children of Israel were in bondage to the world. And what is the world about? The Bible tells us, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For there is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That is the world. Those are the things. To, to be in bondage to the world represents two things. It represents, like I have said earlier, to be in bondage to sin and also to be persecuted by the world. 
because you are a child of God. You see, sin was never God's plan for us. The way the children of Israel went into Egypt is very strange. For if you look at this passage in Genesis 15, verse 13 and 14, it says when God was telling Abraham, he says, Thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs and shall serve them. But what was God calling for? God was calling for his people to come and serve him. So what was happening to the children of Israel? They were serving sin. They were serving Egypt. But God was saying, release my people so that they can come and serve me. And look at the words that Pharaoh said to Moses when he was finally broken in Exodus 12, verse 13, verse 31. He says, and he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, rise up and get you out from among my people, both you and your children and the children of Israel and go serve the Lord. Amen. So the Lord said, your people will serve Egypt for 400 years. But after that 400 years, they will be released to come and serve me. This is our story here. You see, it's a strange land for us to be in sin. Sin was never God's plan for us. It's a strange thing. So we are in a strange land whenever we are in sin. Therefore, it is the Lord wants to deliver us. We feel strange cravings in ourselves and find ourselves doing strange things indeed. The labor gets harder and harder as we grow. And that's how it was for the Egyptians, for the children of Israel in the land of Egypt. As they struggled and they, as they remained in sin, it was getting worse and worse. The labor was getting harder and harder. By long indulgence in sin, we get accustomed to it. We pray for deliverance only for our taskmaster to get harder on us. And we keep praying and we see that, oh, we are falling more and more into sin. But at the appointed time, if we will not give up in prayer, if we will not give up in seeking the Lord, the Lord will one day say, I have heard your cry and I am coming to deliver you. It is very important for us that as we go in this life's journey, you shouldn't give up so easily. You must be persevering in prayer. The children of Israel persevered. You have not stayed 400 years. Some of these people, they stayed in that bondage and died in that bondage, but they were delivered from the one which is called sin because the bondage represents two things sin and also it represents being persecuted by the world which the lord will deliver us from someday you see god showed his creative power over and over to pharaoh when he wanted to deliver the children of israel he showed his mighty hand on them and all those are good in the fact that it represents the effort that we must put in order to overcome it shows that we must also do something on our part. There's, those things were also necessary. But finally, it was not those efforts that actually delivered them from bondage. So also, it is not just our effort that will deliver us from sin. For God to deliver the children of, from sin, those plagues, the first nine plagues were not enough. It was not until the lamb was slain that they were delivered. You see, that means unless we believe in the Son of God who died for our sins, we cannot be free from sin. You see, the slavery that the children of Israel passed, passed through is an important lesson. It's there to teach us a lesson also and for them too, so that they will also have mercy on people who are slaves to sin. You see, people who have not encountered sin and struggled with it, you find them so judgmental, so critical on others because 
they've not experienced slavery to sin or the, everybody's in slavery but they've not seen it for what it is like we were looking at in yesterday's devotion talking about the hardness of the heart you find that the grosser sins things sins that are terrible to people's eyes when they talk about things like adultery or the drunkard they are looked at as people that are just terrible people but how about those who are envious how about covetousness how about pride which are loathsome in the eyes of god nobody rebukes it and people feel good about themselves they don't see themselves in a slavery to envy to jealousy they they pass on as christians but then you look at the drunkard ah he's a terrible person we all are in slavery to sin and unless you have observed your bondage be critical on people and that's why the lord when he was giving them a sign of their deliverance from sin he reminded them that this sign as you observe it you also are supposed to be merciful to those who are in slavery deuteronomy chapter 5 when god was moses was reiterating the 10 commandments to the children of israel there was one commandment which was supposed to be a sign of their deliverance from sin what commandment is that we read it deuteronomy 5 verse 12 he says keep the sabbath day to sanctify it as the lord thy god hath commanded thee six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work but the seventh day is the sabbath of the lord thy god in it thou shalt not do any work thou nor thy son nor thy daughter nor thy manservant nor thy maidservant and any of you those things you own verse 15 says and remember that thou was a servant in the land of egypt and the lord thy god brought thee out hence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm therefore the lord commanded thee to keep the sabbath day wow so this rest that they came out from egypt to observe which is the sabbath is a symbol of their freedom they are they are free at last and god told them every time you are free remember that you were a slave in egypt and i delivered you out with an outstretched arm and here the lord was trying to remind them that you were a servant in the land therefore you should also be merciful to others 400 years they were in this slavery what does that 400 years represent it signifies the length of time it takes to overcome sin and the mighty power of God shows us that the sin is no small matter to overcome. Look at how much God had to do to deliver the children of Israel from sin, from Egypt. It shows us the kind of work that needs to be done in order for us to be delivered from sin. And the 400 years shows us that it takes time. We must exert ourselves if we must be free from sin. It costs a lot to free the children of Israel. And not just that it costs the plagues that the Lord sent, but it finally cost the life of god that lamb that was slain represents our lord jesus and today we know that jesus died on the cross for our sins all the creative power of god could not deliver the children of israel from egypt so also god cannot speak us out of our sins when god created the heavens and the earth he used his words psalms chapter 33 verse 6 and verse 9 tells us by the word of the lord were the heavens made and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth and verse 9 says he spoke and it was done he commanded and it stood fast but no the lord did not speak and it was done that we came out of our sins as powerful as the word of god is and it is true the word the lord does everything by his word but when it came to the matter of delivering the children of israel from sin something needed to be done a lamb needed to be slain and the same thing with us jesus had to die the lamb 
was slain in egypt and that's why we read that in revelation chapter 11 verse 8 the world was responsible for the death of jesus and today we know that for us to be delivered from our sins you cannot say you are delivered apart from christ we have a penalty death penalty on us and someone needs to take our place and that is none other than jesus christ you may labor and labor and get the freedom from one bad habit or the other but if you do not believe in jesus who is going to take the place for the sin that you have already committed in the past there are so many in the world today they will not believe in jesus you may walk out your your out of your bad habits maybe you're an alcoholic and you come out of alcoholism yes maybe you are an adulterer and you work hard and you pray even some they don't even pray they are not even christians but they get delivered from their bad habits does that mean they don't need jesus no everybody needs jesus even if your character is changing and you are not a christian and you've never prayed to jesus in your life you still need jesus do you know why the reason is this every sin you have committed it already has a death penalty on you so no matter how you change be you ever so righteous if you if you you may stay all the rest of your life not sinning again but the sin that you have committed in the past there is a record of it already and that sin you must face the consequences of it or the penalty of it just like in our world today no matter how a criminal repents his crime was committed and he must face the court for it and he's going to be sentenced may he he may change and be ever so holy as he wants to be yet that crime still remains and he is going to face the judge for it and he will be sentenced for it so even if i stop being an alcoholic or a womanizer or a whoremonger or i overcome any other bad habit that i have whether it is envy or jealousy or covetousness maybe i was an assassin and i change and yet i do not acknowledge jesus it is as good as still remaining in prison for your crimes for you to come out of that prison somebody needs to go to the prison for you and release you take your place and serve your sentence for you are you sentenced to death somebody needs to sit on that chair whether it's an electric chair or whatever way they want to kill the person to take the place of that person i need jesus you need jesus we all need the lamb or accept that lamb is slain and we accept him by using his believing that that blood that was shed is for us we will not be delivered our sin still remains and it's going to get us we'll get the penalty for it every human being be you ever who you are wherever you are whether you're an atheist claiming not to believe in the lord you may be a buddhist a hindu a muslim or you just don't have any religion at all we all need someone to take our place and that is jesus christ this is the only thing that could deliver the children of israel from egypt and is the only thing that can deliver us from our life of sin he is the one that can pay the price for our sins and that is the object lesson the lord is trying to teach us it is not by your effort that you are going to be saved it is by the blood of the lamb not to negate the efforts which is the first nine plagues those nine plagues were also necessary it shows the work that needs to be done by us and the 400 years of slavery shows us that it takes time reading from ministry of healing page 452 paragraph 1 and 2 it says wrongs cannot be righted nor reformations nor can reformations in conduct be made by a few feeble intermittent efforts 
Character building is the work, not of a day, nor of a year, but of a lifetime. The struggle for conquest over self, for holiness and heaven, is a lifelong struggle. Without continual effort and constant activity, there can be no advancement in the divine life, no attainment of the victor's crown. The strongest evidence of man's fall from a higher state is the fact that it costs so much to return. Do you see how much it costs to deliver the children of Israel? It's a sign of how much it costs for us to change our lives. I will continue the reading now. The way of return. Hmm, let me just stop. These words are just key. Remember that children of Israel left Egypt. Jacob and his children, 70 of them, they came to slavery of their own will. They were not captured. They were not beaten. Nobody came to take them. They came there to Egypt of their own will. But they needed to return to Canaan where they came from. Oh, but the way of return was not easy at all. And so it is with us. When we are going to go overcome sin, make no mistake, the way of return is not easy. As I read here, the way of return can be only gained, can be gained only by hard fighting, inch by inch, hour by hour. In one moment, by a hasty, unguarded act, we may place ourselves in the power of evil. Hmm? So you may place yourself in Egypt. But it requires more than a moment to break the fetters and attain to a holier life. It didn't take the children of Egypt, uh, Israel a long journey so much. It didn't take them 400 years to come to Egypt. But that thing that took them a very short while to walk into Egypt, it took them 400 years to return. But the good news is that they return nevertheless. So, going on in the reading, it says, in one moment, by a hasty unguarded act, we may place ourselves in the power of evil. But it requires more than a moment to break the fetters and attain to a holier life. The purpose may be formed but the, and the work begun, but its accomplishment will require toil. That's your nine plagues there. Time. That's your 400 years. Perseverance. That's your prayer. Patience. That's the waiting. And sacrifice. That's the change that we must make. We must make changes. We must give up things. End of quote. There, these are the things that it took to deliver the children of Israel. There was time. There was effort on their part. They made sacrifices. They had to be patient. They persevered. But eventually, they were free at last. And we too, if we do the same thing, we can be free at last. Make no mistake. While we must believe in Jesus as the one who will set us free from sin, we are not going to be set free without effort on our part. The Bible does not teach us that man will do nothing. We are told to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And then we are told, it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. In the words of Jesus, it is very plain. He told us, watch and pray, lest you fall into temptation. He told us, evil communication corrupts good manners in the word of God. And we are also told that we should not place ourselves in a position where we will easily fall into sin make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its loss these things are our own duty to perform and if we are not performing them then there is no deliverance we need to do our part and the lord will do his part and that way in cooperation with god we shall be free at last 
And this is the lesson for us. So we need to know what to do. Be encouraged. Romans 15 verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Are you inspired with hope? I hope you are. Let us have hope that just as it was for the children of Israel 400 years, hoping you also don't give up in your struggle against sin. Have hope. Keep doing what you are supposed to do. Put in the effort you need to put in. Follow the word of God. Cooperate at the appointed time. It may take a lot of time, but you will certainly get the deliverance. And then, while you are doing your, the will of God on this earth, have hope. The Lord is coming. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for the encouragement you give to us as we read the story of the children of Israel. We have hope that we also will be delivered from sin and the hardship and the pain and the persecution we are passing through on this earth. We are encouraged to know that we should not give up. Help us, Lord, to have these things in mind, that we will toil, will persevere, we will give it the time it requires and make the sacrifices necessary and be patient to see the deliverance of the Lord in our lives. There may be someone who has been struggling with a particular bad habit and sometimes they have felt they want to give up. They are tired. Lord, I pray that these words will encourage them not to give up, that they should continue to strive against sin and will be delivered just as you delivered the children of Israel. Oh Lord, thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.